DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by B.J. Reigns, Boise State beat writer for the Idaho Press Tribune and Blue Turf Sports. He joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. B.J., good morning. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. Well, the Mountain West schedule is out, so we know that the Broncos are opening with Utah State. They've beaten four in a row and 16 out of 17, kind of only Aggies. And then in the third week, they're going to play the Cougars in what has turned into a pretty good series of games here. A lot of one possession, actually several one-point games. And so I guess with uh, two of the first three against teams right here in our backyard, the first question is, is Boise State, uh, last year was the best year they probably had in six or seven, a 12-2 and two. For the first time since 2014, are they going to sustain that level or are they going to be really, really good again? It's tough to say. I mean, I'll take the cop-out answer, but we haven't had a chance to see any practice. Yeah, um, You know, it, it's been a little tough from that standpoint. They've really got one key issue, and that could will probably decide the course of their season, and that's, you know, both sides of the line. Uh, it's, you know, cliche to say it all starts up front and all that kind of stuff, but really for Boise State – they lost four of their five offensive line starters, and they lost all four of their defensive line starters. They've got pretty much everybody else back. They've got the quarterback, running back, receivers for the most part, tight end. Um, but they've got to replace four offensive line starters, including both guys on the left side of the line that are in the NFL right now. And then uh, two guys in the defensive line went to the NFL as well. So you're talking four NFL-caliber players on the offensive and defensive lines that they have to replace. If they can – figure that out and you know they claim they have a lot of young guys that are that are ready and waiting for their chance and you know you have to trust their recruiting and their pedigree and their history that they've got guys that are ready to step in and if that's the case um then yeah they should be pretty good again but uh if they struggle on the line if Bachmeyer, the quarterback takes some of the hits he took last year and gets injured again and they have to move down the depth chart there then then you know all kinds of problems could start but uh they're 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 pretty confident they're gonna have a pretty good season they were the runaway favorite before all this hit to win the mountain west in the media poll, and um, yeah, I, I, you know, eight games. I don't see why seven and one or eight and zero oh shouldn't be the goal for them. As we look at Boise, I mean, it's just obvious that they seem to be, uh, at least if not loaded, experienced at the other positions. But the the two lines, and it does make me a little bit nervous because if I'm looking for places where I want to have experience, like BYU, it's going to be quarterback and offensive line, and that might be the, the places where I choose that the most. Uh, you've yep. around this program, uh, how much do you take them at their face value that they've got guys who can come in from an offensive line perspective and also, too, not just come in and play, but play together? How much experience do they have playing together? Well, probably a lot on the second and third string the last year or two from some of these guys, but uh, so maybe that helps. But they brought in a grad transfer from Rice. Uh, he's going to probably start at the other tackle position. Uh, the one guy they bring back was right tackle, and they're moving him over to left tackle. Um, and then they've got some guys that had a couple starts last year when other guys were injured. So it's not like these guys have never played. But I agree with you. I mean, offensive line is a huge question mark for this team, and they seem to have this cycle where they have – this has happened three or four times, you know, in the seven or eight years that I've been here where they'll have, you know, uh, three or four seniors all graduate at once, or three or four guys leave at once, and then they have you know a big group of sophomores, and they come in and get better and better, and then they're all seniors, and then they all leave. And so they have this kind of song and dance every couple of years. They, they never really lose one guy. It seems like they lose three or four when they do. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the, you know, Brad Bedell, the offensive line coach, 
dealt with this when he first got here a couple of years ago and that group took over. Same kind of thing happening now with these guys leaving. And, you have you know, it's not just losing four starters. It was four, you know, three-year starters. And two guys, like I said, you know, a second-round pick and another guy that's on the practice squad with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, I mean, you're talking about, um, you know, two NFL guys on the, at left tackle and left guard that you have to replace. And that was one of the issues with Hank Bachmeyer, the quarterback, last year, was he took too many hits and got injured, two different injuries. So, um, you know, I'll say this, though. The offensive line, actually, for as good as it's been, or is, uh, you know, senior laden I guess you could say as it was last year really didn't play that great for a good chunk of the season and they maybe had too high of expectations to live up to so I think this year going in the expectations are going to be a lot lower for that group which may make it easier for them if there's not enough pressure or anything to to, to for you know that they were no one's really expecting them to be great up front to start the year so maybe that helps them I don't know but um you know I think defensive line is going to be key too they've had you know Curtis Weaver was a Mountain West all-time sacks leader he was a fifth round pick uh, they had a nose tackle that uh, is on the practice squad with the Atlanta Falcons. Two other guys, you know, that, that had a lot of tackles for loss and seniors that are gone too. So, I mean, they they have, you know, they have a Utah transfer, Jackson Cravens. That's one of the guys they're expecting to step in, actually, as a starter on the defensive line. But they, um, you know, they got some holes there to fix too. So that's kind of why I opened this segment by saying that's going to be the, the key for this team. If, they, if the guys they have are – are as good as ready as they claim, then they'll be fine. But if they struggle on the offensive line and, you know, they have a thousand yard rusher 11 years in a row, it's the longest streak in the nation. Uh, if they can keep that going this year and block and get, get that back, they're going to be fine. But if not, you know, they're going to have some problems. So Boise State goes 12 and two last year. They lost the bowl game. The only regular season loss was to BYU. Bachmeyer couldn't play in that game. Odd that both BYU and Boise State had to play three different quarterbacks and won games with each of the three quarterbacks that they started last year. Uh, how does the quarterback position stack up this year? Is Bachmeyer going to be the guy, and is he going to make staying healthy a priority? Yeah, and that's a huge key. You know, they did bring in, it was kind of an odd move all around, and we're still not sure why it happened, but they Jack Sears, who was a former uh-huh. like five-star recruit from uh, USC, uh, they brought him in as a grad transfer, and he's got two years of eligibility left, I guess three, if you count the fact that this year doesn't count now. Um, so I don't know why, you know, I, we still haven't been able to find out from Jack Sears really what his reasoning was. Um, he was third or fourth string on the USC depth chart, um, decided to grad transfer out and, and, uh, he came to Boise. Hank Bachmeyer's a starter. I don't think there's any question about that, but whether it's Chase Cord or Sears, they like, you know, making packages and getting other guys involved for plays here and there. So I would suspect you'll see multiple quarterbacks get in, get in most games for them, but Hank Bachmeyer's a starter. He's the guy in his first game last year as a true freshman, went on the road and, you know, led a 19-point comeback at Florida State. Um, you know, the guy's a, a heck of a player, but like I said, he's just he's almost, uh, you know, too comfortable in the pocket and too willing to run and too willing to hang on to the ball where he just gets rocked sometimes. And so there's a couple of pictures in that Florida State game where they hit him so hard his you know, helmet came off. I mean, it was, it was scary at times, and it, sure enough, it led to a, an injury when he was running. I hurt his hip uh, against Hawaii and then had a shoulder injury as well. And, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know if they were worried he was going to transfer. Or I, I still haven't been able to get an answer, but he didn't play for like the last six weeks of the season. His mom was tweeting, that she, you know, why can't all the quarterbacks play at one point in the championship game? And she was unhappy he wasn't playing. Um, and he went from not playing for like six weeks. Their third stringer comes in and is like 4-0 and and is playing great. And all of a sudden they get to the bowl game, and out of nowhere, Bachmeyer comes back and makes a surprise start, his first appearance in like seven weeks, and he's really rusty and they lose pretty badly. A lot of people thought they should have stuck with the uh, other quarterback that had been winning for them the last four games of the season. They went back with Bachmeyer, 
still not exactly sure why, considering he hadn't played in a long time. I, if he was healthy, I guess they thought he was a starter for a reason. But, um, you know, so that was a weird ending to his season, not playing well in the bowl game after playing pretty much, um, you know, he was pretty much unbeatable the rest of the games he started. They won every game. So, um, yeah, I, I, he mentioned that BYU game, 28-25, their only regular season loss by three points. And if you guys remember, it was raining. It was cold. It was windy. It was just a, a dreadful night. It was horrible the weather. And they lose by three points, and they may win that game if they don't get the fourth down there with like two minutes left or whatever. It was just an amazing game, but that was it for the whole season. You know, Boise State was that that game and a play or two here and there in that game from being you know right there in the mix, if not the leader for the Group of Five spot in the uh, uh, you know in the in the Fiesta Bowl or whatever game it was last year. And that that was the game that really kept them out. I mean, if they if they don't lose that game to BYU, they're probably the, the, the team with, with the way it all worked out. I mean, they would have been ahead. They were already ahead of Memphis and may have stayed ahead of them in the rankings. So um, that game still stings to a lot of Boise State fans. And then obviously losing to their old coach, Chris Peterson, Washington, the bowl game stings too. But uh, long answer to your question. But I think Bachmeyer is the starter. He's the guy, assuming he's healthy. And if he can improve up what he did last year and with his footwork and some things, he could be you know pretty special for him in the next couple of years. So BYU really wanted to play this game that's scheduled that first weekend in November, and they're very excited to get it because they need a little jolt to their schedule, and you know they've got big plans. See if it works out. What is the Boise State perspective as far as the excitement level on this game? Oh, they like it. I mean, I think they're disappointed. There's not going to be any fans. I mean, I don't know if you guys have paid attention to the whole Louisville Kentucky rivalry in basketball, where they wanted to yeah. switch it to a neutral site game this year because there's no fans and Calipari. You know, uh, you know, Louisville didn't think that was fair. Where the one year they don't have fans, it's their home game, and so yeah. But I think Boise State fans are a little, you know, I've seen that on Twitter some where it's like, okay, the one year where there's no fans, we're giving up our home game for it, where it really doesn't mean anything. And then you know, there'll be a packed house again next year back in Provo. So it is what it is. It's the way the schedule worked out. Um, the Mountain West was kind of in a bind. Uh, Air Force was uh, already had the Army scheduled that week. There's 12 teams in the Mountain West, so if Air Force isn't playing. There's only 11, so one team either had to not play or find another game to play that week. And so it just made the most sense. It happened to be the same weekend the game was originally scheduled. There's no uh, game yet on the schedule for, for BYU. And if you guys remember, that game was actually a Friday night game on the original schedule the night before November 6th. Fox Sports 1, I believe, was going to nationally televise it. And there still is the potential, and I would say it's probably likely if I had to guess, that game gets bumped up to Friday. Uh, because um, it, it said in the Mountain West release that a lot of the games could still move from Thursday to Friday and that that would be coming out in the next week or so. Um, and, and since that game was previously scheduled for a Friday, I'm not sure what changed, but I would assume there's still a good likelihood that Fox Sports 1 gets a nationally televised Friday game and they still play that on Friday. But, no, they're excited about it. It's a big game up here. And as you guys mentioned, the one-point game, the one-possession games, there was a, a game, you know, the, the whole – you know, one of my first years on the beat was the whole manga miracle game where you had the heave, you know, with 40 seconds left. And then, uh, and then you know, you had the, there was a blocked kick in one of the games in Boise or it was a one-point game. You go all the way back to 2012, the 7-6 to six game with the defensive touchdown. I mean, it's every game you kind of throw out the records, and it's a great game. And, and uh, certainly with the way BYU is playing, I thought it was ridiculous that they won by was it 40 points and then they get dropped four spots in the rankings. Uh, because they're, they're adding in all the other teams now. I thought that was ridiculous for, for BYU to, for that to happen. But they're obviously a top 25 team right now and playing well. And that'll be a quality win for, for either team if they're able to get it. So I think it's a good game for both sides. So you mentioned the game might be on Fox. People are used to watching uh, Boise State on ESPN, and the conference has a new deal for more money. 
Uh, but with CBS and Fox, are people pretty bitter about that in Boise? Or are they or are they rolling with it? Yeah, it's, yeah, mixed result, mixed mixed bag. I mean, uh, they, they they've always had CBS Sports. CBS Sports has always done the conference road games for Boise State, and then the home games were all done uh, by ESPN. So yeah, it'll be very weird to not have them on ESPN, not be talked about, you know, as much probably on College Game Day and things like that. Um, that's certainly going to be weird. But they got more money, and as part of the deal, some of the games are going to be on regular Fox and regular CBS. So they're going to get some you know bigger nationally televised games out of it, probably one or two a year. And then the trade-off is being on Fox Sports 1 or Fox Sports 2 maybe for some of these games. But, um, you know, it is what it is. It was a bigger – it was more money. It was, a, you know, I think triple the money they were getting before. So, um, as they were, you know, this is, you know, as much as everybody's hurting for money and stuff, and this was really pre-pandemic, they, they you know, they, they didn't really have a choice. They, they got to take the bigger deal, and that's what was offered to them. But, yeah, it's just – you know, ESPN is kind of what built Boise State, playing these, you know, Thursday night games all these years and all this kind of stuff to get the attention and – Chris Peterson has said that, that the Boise State wouldn't be who they are without ESPN. So to see the fact that they may not have any games on ESPN other than like a road game at BYU or a road game where a conference you know has it is, is going to be odd. I mean, they were supposed to play Florida State this year, guys, in Boise. Uh, in pre-pandemic, the plan was for that game to be the big noon kickoff. So it was going to start at 10 a.m. in Boise. The big noon kickoff, and they were going to have that pre-game show with Matt Leinard and Reggie Bush and all of them were going to be in Boise. And it was going to be a huge deal to kick off the new contract with Fox to have, you know, big Fox nationally televised game on a Saturday at you know, New Eastern. And then that all went down the wayside. So there's potential for some big games like that for them to get on regular ESPN or regular Fox, regular CBS. But it's going to be weird, no doubt about it, to not have ESPN, um, you know, doing the games. But I guess if it means we get Gus Johnson in the Boise press box doing a, doing a game at some point, I guess we'll be okay with that. BJ, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us, and hopefully we'll check in with you again with uh, Boise State playing a couple local teams here in the first three weeks of the season. Thanks a lot. Yeah, anytime. You guys got the number. Be happy to join you. Appreciate you having me on.